Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Welcome to all those online that are with us this morning and um, hope you're all well. And Well, you wouldn't be here if you weren't, would you? And listen, um, Caleb spoke about one body this morning. And uh, we are one body, and I, I, just, I just wonder if you would check on someone you know. You know, maybe a friend, maybe someone you haven't heard, you know, around lately or whatever. Just give them a ring and say, how you doing? We know our pastoral team uh, this week, uh, let me know, we've got about 200 people with COVID um, at Highway alone, you know, uh, and of course... You multiply that because there's close contacts to people with COVID and, and so, you know, it's a, it's a huge number of people. And it could be someone you know that, um, and we endeavour to do the, uh, the, the stop and drop. You know what it's like, you ring up someone and say, look, do you need anything? They say, I'm, I'm fanging for a coffee, you know, and then you sort of, you go over and you stop and you drop it on the front door, step like that, knock and run. Knock and run for your life. And, uh, you know, just, just think about your friends, would you? Just your family members. Just give them a call. Make sure they're okay. See if they need something. That's what the body does. Amen? Oh, and also, um, I think every department in our church, our workers, uh, our volunteers, um, have dropped considerably. So uh, why don't you put your hand up to help? Um, we're one body. We're working together. And uh, put your hand up and say, yeah, what do you need? I'm in. Uh, see Pastor Caleb or Mel uh, over there and, uh, and we'll get through this. I think we're on the, the downslope, aren't we? We're on the downslope. So uh, that's awesome. Okay. Um, we've been looking recently about rebuilding, you know, the foundation of, of our future. You know, highway as a church and um, we've been challenged like, everyone around the world pretty much, uh, in this last season. And it's given us an opportunity to be able to look at what we used to do and, and, uh, and now we're rebuilding, we can build it better, amen? You know, we can build it better, we can build it stronger uh, than it's ever been before. So we've been focusing on discipleship, building that foundation through discipleship and following the feet of Jesus. Now, it's called the dust of the rabbi, as I've preached over the last couple of weeks. And, and the picture is that the disciples would follow their rabbi so closely, so closely that the dust off their sandals would cover their clothes. And the picture of that is you and I as believers, as followers of Christ, that we would follow Christ and his teaching so closely, you know, that we would reflect Christ in our everyday life. Is it you with me? You know, that we're a reflection of the rabbi that we're following, the Son of God, uh, Jesus Christ. And so last Sunday, I, I, uh, Sunday night, I think I spoke about distractions. Um, and um, uh, out of Nehemiah, and if you know the story, Nehemiah was, came back by God to rebuild the wall and 
and he was doing a good job. They were halfway up and, and, you know, things were looking good. But the enemy tried to distract Nehemiah, sent him letters saying, we need to talk, we need to, you know, um, uh, come out and discuss all this. And I love Nehemiah's response in Nehemiah 6.3. He said, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Amen. That's a good reply, isn't it? That's a strong reply. And uh, four times they tried. Four times and he just wouldn't budge. Such tenacity. And uh, he kept his focus upon the work that was ahead of him. And you know, distractions are the enemy to the fulfillment of the God purpose for your life. Just take a moment to let that sink in. Take a moment to let that sink in. Distractions are the enemy of the fulfillment of the God purpose for your life. You're too important. You are too important. You're too valuable to the mission of God upon humanity to be distracted from the plan that God has for you. Amen? You're too valuable. God has one plan, you, the church. To complete the mission for eternity. And he doesn't want to see you get distracted away from what he's called you to do. And it's, it's so important that we develop this discipleship mindset. A discipleship mindset. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 verse 21 to 27. It says, from that time on uh, on." From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. That's his mission. That's what he came to, to earth to do. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. He said, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good Will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Jesus is teaching his disciples about having the right mindset about having the right mindset. Now, if we're to judge anything by the reaction of Jesus in this passage of Scripture, you've got to be thinking that, you know, he's trying to teach Peter a serious lesson. A serious lesson. The same lesson that he wants to convey to us today. Let's have a look at this, at some distractions here. The first one in verse 23 he said, get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block. 
a stumbling block. You have to understand the mission of Jesus. Understand his mission, and it's interesting that this was straight after Peter's revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. And Jesus began to reveal in verse 21 his real purpose. So Peter gets this revelation. God's dream says, you know, you are the, the, the son of the living God. You know, you are the Messiah. And he detailed very clearly what was going to happen and by whom. So Jesus says, you know, you've got it. You know I'm the Messiah. Now I'm going to tell you what I've got to do. I've got to tell you what I've, my mission very reason Jesus came to earth and would be killed and be raised to life. He even detailed it, detailed it by who was actually even going to do it. But then Peter pulls him aside and begins to give him his perspective. You know, like, thank you, Peter. You know, what do you think about this, Peter? Well, his perspective just copped a, a whack over the knuckles. He says, get behind me, Satan. Now, it's interesting that he used the same words that he spoke to the devil at the end of the temptation in the wilderness. You remember when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil? This is the very thing he said to Satan. He said in Matthew 4.10, he said, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see that word stumbling block is scandalon. Scandalon, it means a bait stick or a trigger of a trap or a snare. You know the mouse trap? You know that little thing that you put the cheese on? You know, that's the that's scandal on. That's the bait stick. And uh, you set that and then the trap is set. And what Jesus was saying was that he was on a mission from his father. He was on a mission from his father and what you're trying to do is you're trying to set a trap for me so I will fail my mission. Jesus wasn't interested in Peter's intentions. He had the mission ahead of him and Peter was putting a stumbling block, a trap in front of him. That's why he was so angry. He said, you get the revelation of who I am but you want to stop me from doing what I must do. That doesn't make sense. You know, in John 3, 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus that he must be born again. And in verse 5 and 6, he explains, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And see, from that moment that we are born again, from that moment that we invite the Spirit of God into our heart, we are commissioned to live for the God purpose of our life. We are born again into a mission. We are born again into a purpose. Amen? Each one of us. But the enemy will use every measure to put a stumbling block in front of you on your path to try and distract you from the mission that God has called you to. And there are things we must develop and there are things we must get rid of. One thing we must develop is in verse 23 there, he said, get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God. 
We need to develop the concerns of God, a mindset that understands the concerns of God. See, the natural man, you know, was not born with the concerns of God in mind. The natural man. It's the difference between a spiritual mind and a carnal mind. The carnal mind doesn't understand the spirit, doesn't understand the, the concerns of God. Total mind is, uh, uh, the carnal mind is totally consumed with its own understanding. But you know, when you're born again, the spirit comes alive with the mind of God, the thoughts of God, the concerns of God. See, before I was born again, I just lived for myself. Pretty much, that's, that was my whole existence. I lived for myself. I didn't really care about anyone else. As long as people left me alone to live my life, to do what I wanted to do, like, that's, I was okay. I was fine. That, that, that's all the concerns I had. I could see a tragedy on television and, yeah, that, you know, that's sad. That's sad. Wow, isn't that, isn't that awful? But then change channel and move on with my life. Not, not a concern for humanity in any way, shape or measure. Like, I'm living for me. That's how I was. Jesus explains it. Sorry. Um, But then change the carnal mindset for the mindset of the Spirit. And when the Spirit opened my mind, it was all of a sudden beyond myself. See, before I only saw me and what I wanted to do. But when the Spirit of God came upon me, my, my, I saw bigger. I saw beyond myself. It happened to the Apostle Paul in, in Acts 9, 18. After Aeneas had prayed for him, after his encounter on the Damascus Road, he prayed for him and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says that immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptised. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. And you know the Apostle Paul? for the rest of his life, was dedicated to the concerns of God. It's interesting, you know, something like scales fell from his eyes. There was this spiritual blindness that the world has until the Spirit of God comes in and all of a sudden you begin to see like you never saw before. Who's experienced that? All of a sudden it just stuff begins to open up. It's like, whoa, it's not about me anymore. It's a bigger world. It's a bigger world. And I'm a part of it. You know, I remember in 1985 uh, was the first time I went to India. And, um, and I'd only been a Christian for a few years. I was pretty new to this church stuff. And, but I encountered the Spirit of God like never before. And something in me just opened up. And I remember night after night just... My heart broke for these people. 
My heart broke for the, for the hurting and the broken. I mean, the Spirit of God moved like I'd never experienced. I mean, I prayed for people and, and blind eyes opened. I, I will never lose the picture of that, that, that woman's face when she began to see for the first time and tears just rolled down her face. And, or the mother with the crippled boy that I prayed for in the name of Jesus and, and she put him down. He ran off through the crowd. I, I remember her scream. When that little fellow, he would have been about three or four, and he ran off, a lame boy. I was more shocked than anybody. I started to see beyond the natural into the supernatural. I remember a woman. I remember a woman they brought and they, and they, they threw her down on the ground and she slithered like a snake. And they picked her up. She was filthy in the dust in a sari on and she was filthy and she just, she kept writhing like that on, on, on the ground. And they picked her up and I, I, I promise you, her eyes were yellow and she had a slit going downwards in her pupils. She never had round pupils. She had snake eyes. Laid hands on her in the name of Jesus and she just collapsed. Just collapsed in the dirt. I thought she was dead. I thought, great. Here to help people. I picked her up. I never saw her again, but they said that she was totally delivered from demonic possession. Folks, it's a bigger world than what you're experiencing. We get a couple of Christians that, you know, that say the devil's beating them up. Really? You don't know beat up. Not in this country. eyes opened it was like Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 4 18 19 Luke 4 18 19 listen to it the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor that's our mission he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That's our mission, church. That's why the Spirit of God has come upon us, not that we can shake and quake and get goosebumps and feel good about ourselves or special that, you know, God has his little chosen section. No. That we would take on the concerns of God the concerns of God and see beyond ourselves and widen our world and our grasp and our wallet to see people's lives restored, renewed. But the trap, the trap is in verse 23. He said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God but merely human concerns. There's the trap. <laughs> this is the battle that you and I have to fight every single day of our life. This is the battle that rages within us. The one between the concerns of God and human concerns. That's why Jesus got so angry with Peter because he was thinking about self-preservation and not about sacrifice. 
Oh, you're going to like this message. You're going to like this message. Peter was thinking about self-preservation. I mean, think about it. These guys left everything to follow Jesus. Everything. And it was going good. Man, they had the crowds. They had a preaching gig every week. Jesus was the headliner. Miracles were happening. It was, it was packed performance every night. Offerings were through the charts. Things were going good. And now, Jesus is saying, well, boys, I'm going up to Jerusalem now to die. They're going to kill me. They're going to bury me, and I'm going to rise in three days. So Peter pulled him aside and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've invested into this ministry. I'll lose my job if you go. What's going to happen to us, boys? We've, we've followed you the whole way. We've, huh? Self-preservation. Jesus explains in John 12, 23 and 25, he said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies... It produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world, listen to it, in this world will keep it for eternal life. So if I focus on self, my world has no increase. If I don't die to self, that seed cannot produce a harvest. Amen? Does that make sense? That's how it works. That's how you get increase. It works in my marriage. If my marriage is about self, then there's no increase. Imagine two people that are about themselves. It's not going to go far. Is that fair? But you get two people that both die to self and want to live for the other one, There's increase. You hearing me? That's someone for a harvest. That's someone for a marriage that will do the time, that will last to the very end. Why? Because it's not about me. You know, the only time you're unhappy in your marriage is when you don't get what you want. Amen? And that's all of us. We all want what we want, don't we? And the unfulfilled expectations, it's like when I married you, I expected da, 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 da. And now I'm disappointed because you only got da. <laughs> Amen? And so what happens? You focus on what you haven't got instead of focusing on what you have got or what you could have. Is that good? Now, here's a qualifier. You only got one doing that in a relationship, it's got a shelf life. It's got a shelf life. You've got to have two. You sit down, go home this afternoon, have a nice lunch, feel good about yourself, and then go, listen, how can we make this marriage better? What do you need me to do? What's got to die in me for you to be happier? You get two people doing that, I tell you, you you're just doing the whole thing. 
It's going to increase. It's going to increase. You're going to get a harvest. A harvest, something that you can teach your kids. Something that will protect your kids from brokenheartedness. And... Is that good? Yeah. All right, I've got two of you. <laughs> so if I want to be happier in life, I've got to die to self. That's what Scripture tells me. If, I'm going to, if I want a happy life and a fulfilled life, I've got to die to self and live for some purpose greater than me. And it works. It works. It just works. It's a mindset that must change. And only by building the spirit, only by building the spirit, can you overcome the power of the flesh? Listen to me. Only by building the spirit can you overcome the power of the flesh. Because who knows? This thing's powerful. This thing's powerful. It goes like this. You know, we're, we're body, soul, and spirit. Is that right? We're body, soul, and spirit. And there's a battle that goes on in your head every day. Battle goes on, this fight goes on, and, and you know, have you seen that cartoon where there's a, a little angel on one shoulder and a little devil on the other shoulder? And they're both whispering in the ear trying to get, you know, one to follow one of those. It's a bit like that. It's actually very clever. It's how it works, only it's flesh and spirit. Because your flesh wants one thing and your spirit wants another. I'll explain it this way. It's like you wake up Sunday morning and, and your spirit guy, spirit guy's going, yes, Sunday. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get fed. I'm going to get fed. Finally, I can have a full meal. You know, come on, let's go to church. And then fleshy, flesh guy over here, he's saying, I'm, I don't want to go to church. I want to go on the jet ski. I've worked all week. I'm tired. I'm flogged. I want to go on the jet ski. And spirit guy over here, he's saying, no, we've got to go to church. I have a destiny. I have a purpose. I have a mission to fulfill. I have an eternal purpose. And fleshy says, well, that's all right for you. I know. I've heard about this. You keep me for 50, 60, 70, 80 years, then you cast me into a box. You go off to somewhere and get a brand new body. I know how this plays out. I'm not helping you. I want to go on a jet ski. And then the spirit guy say, no, we're going to church. He say, no, we're going to, I want the jet ski. And of course, fleshy starts to cry. He starts to cry. He's like, me, 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 me. And then, of course, soul steps in. Soul guy steps in. What are you two boys fighting about? I've got to go to church. I've got to build up this spirit. I've got a destiny. And flesh is like, no, I've worked all week. I'm too tired. I don't want to go. And soul he goes, boys, boys, everybody gets a trophy here. Nobody loses. Fleshy will go on the jet ski this morning and, and, and if Fleshy's not too tired, Spirit Guy will go to church tonight. And Spirit Guy's like, no, that tub of lard's always tired. He's always tired. 
He's not going to be, he's going to be tired. I'm going to miss out tonight again. I haven't been for a month. I'm starving. Two out of three. They cast the vote. Spirit guy drops his head and says, I've got no purpose. I've got no future. Does that happen in your head? Or is my head just weird? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like when you open your Bible. You open your Bible, who yawns? <laughs> I do. As soon as I open my Bible, I'm yawning. Uh. Wasn't yawning before watching TV. My eyes get watery, the the words dart all over the page. Or or, or when you close your eyes to pray, the spirit goes like, this is my happy place, this is my zone. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. And then fleshy says, hey, didn't you have to ring so-and-so? Hey, you were supposed to put out the garbage, your wife will be back soon. You know know I'm telling the truth, don't you? It's the power of this flesh. It's not your friend. It's not your friend. You're the one that lives. Your spirit lives for eternity. Your flesh is going to end up in a box. Don't give in to it. The devil loves the flesh. He uses it to bring a trap. The disciple mindset is continually choosing the spirit over the flesh. The spirit over the flesh. And you know what happens? You get so strong in your spirit, man. The flesh shuts up. He shuts up. He goes mute. He knows it's like Nehemiah on that hill. Why should I come down to you when I'm doing a good work? Well, I'm doing a good work. You can't trap me. And you know, God blesses you with a harvest. He doesn't bless the flesh, but He blesses the Spirit with a harvest. With a harvest. And over time, you look back and realize, man, I'll tell you what. I see things. I see beyond. I see the power, the potential. Faith begins to rise. You start to stand up on the inside victorious in every situation, every circumstance, victorious. Why? Because your spirit man is so strong. And that's God's plan for each and every one of us. Will doesn't have that. But if you're born again, That's your responsibility, amen? Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word into our hearts, your challenge upon us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We we magnify your name. We, We live with destiny and a purpose and a future and a hope and a harvest. We declare that today. As men and women of God in this house, we build our spirit and crucify the flesh. And we give you praise. Amen.
I mean, you know that scripture where Jesus said, you take up your cross daily? That isn't to wear it round your neck. Okay? It's not an ornament. It's a place to nail the flesh to every day. Every day. They good? Come on, give the Lord a hand. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.